You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Oh, coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. And welcome to Little Diva Energy, a little something extra on top of our regular eps, where we serve you the week in Diva and whatever we are currently obsessing about. Uh, my name is Holly Morgan, and my husband Tom is also here. I need a wee and some crisps. So last week's episode, we did our second part of our Celine Dion special with Ruben Kay. Mm. And oh, we've had some lovely comments. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased you all enjoyed it so much. Uh, Ruben is ex- excessively witty. Just so quick off the mark. So his comedy is so fucking funny Leonardo DiCaptured just oh my bang. god just trotted off the tongue uh, and I think we did cover a bit more of actual Celine yeah we actually got through some in the end didn't we yeah uh, <laughs> we did we didn't mention Courage much the new the album because um, a bit controversial because it's sort of like belly flopped out of the charts but it's a really good album and then there's that there's the song which has a slightly dodgy subject matter what is it it's like a sort of political oh, correctness gone mad oh, song what's it called PC like, Gone Mad PC Gone Mad what is it called PC Gone Mad um, yeah which is like politically correct I'm not nobody's watching yeah very very odd song mm. um, yeah, just one of those things I think probably Celine didn't write it and as with all of her songs it, the first line is scans really weird though I've had it up to here up to my neck with everything politically correct <laughs> sure, Selena. Just want to lock myself away. Leave me alone. Gonna lay it all onto my hairbrush microphone. To be honest, though, like I feel like a lot of pop lyrics, with hindsight, <laughs> like Bernie Taupin has got away with fucking murder. <laughs> I sat on the roof. I kicked up some moss. A few of these lyrics have got me quite cross. You wouldn't write that in a Hallmark card. <laughs> Uh, just in case anyone doesn't know who Bernie Taupin is, that's the um, the writing partner of Elton John. <laughs> He's the lyri- the lyricist. That's his only job. He's the luckiest man alive. You have one job. He's Bernie. a complete chancer. Um, yeah. So nobody's watching. Is is, a, is an odd note on uh, courage, which is an otherwise I think like a really back to basics Celine sound yeah. plus look who was working with Rihanna last year. So that's great. Mm. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for all of your lovely comments. Yeah. Um, we're so glad you enjoyed it. And I think we probably have a couple of new listeners, thanks to Ruben being on, which is great. So yes. hello to the people Hi. Uh, from places like Australia. Yes. Um, we have had some downloads in Australia. Where else have we had downloads? Greece. Greece is the word. Croatia. Croatia. Canada. Yeah, Colombia. Colombia was a big one. Because Joe jo and Sasha went on holiday there. That's true. Yeah, the, 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 the others make less sense. Sweden, Sweden. a couple of Swedens. Yeah, yeah. Just but a- thank you, Anna Fred from her island, listening to it. Uh, great. So let's uh, let's hear Rich's bitch from that from the episode. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, as usual, we've got our lovely friend Rich Hawkins, who's uh, here to deliver his basic rundown. Not basic. Nothing basic <laughs> about that. Basically, a rundown of how he feels about last week's episode. So here's the phenomenal Rich Hawkins with Rich's bitch. Okay, so I'm going to be super honest with you and say I did listen to the whole podcast, but you covered a lot. I made notes. I've come back to them. I have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. It's like Jennifer Holiday, defend Britney, something about courage. Like, not a clue. So I'm just going to tell you three things. Big tip. Had never heard of Big Tip. Did not know about this. 
Oh, you think Celine Dion has delivered everything she ever needs to in terms of campness, and then one of her offspring becomes a rapper named after a bellend, and you think, is the woman limitless? Like, how is this, uh, how is this happening? She's just the gift. She's the gift. Um, Titanic. Okay, nothing in the world grinds my tits more than how fashionable it is to hate Titanic. A billion people watched it, and now a billion people retrospectively hate that film. Like, a billion people can't be wrong. My agent can't be wrong. Um... Titanic delivered this line. It doesn't look any bigger than the Mortania, which is the most perfect piece of script writing of all time. It's, I would watch a four hour movie about a dinghy going down if I can hear Kate Winslet deliver that line at the beginning of it. Like, it's perfect. So you think, okay, well, I've had the, the, this film's already peaked, first scene, but let's crack on. And then Kathy Bates turns up as Molly Brown. I'm looking for the Kathy Bates, Molly Brown cinematic universe. I want spin-offs, t-shirts, musicals, plays. Like, I want it all. It's the best cinematic performance of all time. And then... I'm going to get to Vegas. Okay, I went to see Celine in Vegas. I've seen seen Celine John a bunch of times. Vegas was this is the most most musically perfect um, moment of my life. To my left is my husband. He's my new husband. I'm on my honeymoon. I'm not saying I like detoured my whole honeymoon to go and see Celine John in Vegas, but like I've been detouring my honeymoon to go to see Celine Dion in Vegas. Um, and my husband is not like he's he's fine, but he's like happily indifferent to Celine Dion and probably a bit resentful about how much it cost slash how excited I am. So he's just left to me doing his thing. On my right is one of those like um, the bigger the hair, the closer to God, Texan Christian ladies, you know, the kind of evangelical for your nerves, mummy, yes, God, tongue pop, that vibe. And they don't always love me. Like I'm a very visibly homosexual person and there's a culture clash. So I was nervous. But no, because Celine comes on, she starts singing Think Twice. This Texan lady leans over, put her hands on mine, and we silently cry together. <sighs> it was like it was like praying. My hair was big and I was close to God. Like, she brought us together. And we connected. I feel spiritually connected to that Texas Christian lady for all time now. And that's the power of Miss Celine Dion. Um, that's all I've got for you. I'm honestly exhausted. Just, you know, buy my new single. It's called... She doesn't have the range, but Lord knows she'll sing it anyway. It's available on iTunes. Again, always getting to the heart of the issues, I think. Absolutely. Just peak journalism. Yeah, uh, from all straight of us in. Like, um, spotlight or... Yeah. <laughs> all the President's Men. <laughs> um, it's like a Robert Redford film. <laughs> Absolutely. An appropriate segue that for Netflix's own Rich Hawkins to talk about things we've watched on Netflix. Because culture been... is sitting on your sofa. Guys... I don't understand Love is Blind. No one can. Why, oh why, <laughs> did they decide we needed Blind Date back again? But like this time, I don't know, is, is Graham like sort of Emperor Snook somewhere <laughs> within this vast maid showroom? But the, well, Graham is Nick Lachey. He used to be married to Jessica Simpson. And yet we've watched five episodes so far and he's only appeared in two of them. And he's the host. It's... It's astonishing. It's one of the craziest things. I, th- I think we should just just yeah. very quickly mention that, that I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Like, yeah. it's one of the best televisual viewing experiences of my short life. For something intrinsically homophobic and gendered, it's extremely camp as well. So basically, they've divided the women and men into groups, and then they... I, it's, it's saying it out loud is so mad. They go into these pods, and they're not allowed to leave the pods until they're married. It's like... A sort of dystopian nightmare. Not allowed to leave the pods until they're married. And the decor is like a sort of like regional coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it, and they're all talking about how, you know it's been like eight days the titles alone make me laugh it's like eight days into experiment 30 days until weddings what what what's, he, what's going on then one of the guys i think it might have been barnett oh barnett fucking hi barnett, barnett. it might have been barnett fucking barnett though <laughs> Uh, who said, I really didn't expect to come in here and leave engaged to someone. Well, what did you think? Were you drugged? They're not allowed out of the pods until they are engaged. So what did he think was going to happen? And three episodes in, once they've got engaged, some people are then taken to a swingers island in Cancun. (laughs) And (laughs) that doesn't make sense, is it? An island in Cancun, whatever, you know what I mean. And some people never seen again. Oh, what happened? Pray for Rory. What happened to Rory? Where's Rory? Rory, the resident counsellor. He was giving everyone in the pods their, his advice on what they should do. And then he got left behind. And then that there was Mark, who my friend Ed on Twitter said is, is being, he's a perfectly normal man. But he's been gaslit into thinking he is the world's shortest man. It, I love it. It's, it's so crazy. I honestly cannot cannot who encourage people to watch it more. Who was the fucking nutjob who made an extended analogy? But they're all hammered as well. They've been absolutely juiced up. It's quite apparent as well that after day three, they start increasing the amount of alcohol that they're giving them exponentially. I think like, it's just in, like vapour in the air. Just it's something. Tequila. By day five, the ones that are still in the pods <laughs> haven't managed to escape by getting engaged oh. are so drunk, it is unbelievable. Look in the box. What's in the box? There's nothing in the box. Exactly. I don't want to put you in the box. <laughs> I've taken the bow from the box and oh. put it on my wrist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? What's going on? Insane. I love it. I love it so much. This tank girl. Oh, she's an ex tank. tank girl. Um, Amber. Amber. Yeah. Who's an ex tank mechanic? Outstanding, by the way. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, but is also batshit crazy so crazy and then we've got um but she's it's barnett isn't it that she's hooking up she's with? hooking up with barnett so these are spoilers oh god sorry guys. spoiler alert sorry i think we've probably said enough about love is blind <laughs> fucking barnett though fucking barnett though um yeah absolutely but obviously i've also managed to catch up with sex education so um i'm back with the nation on sex yep. education mm-hmm. excellent very pleased any member of the cast anytime anytime you like but particularly we'll skype in if Gattoir. you need if you're, you're probably very successful now because you are part of one <laughs> of the famous, best television yeah. programs that I've ever seen. Just behind Love is Blind. But if you want to come around to a very small one-bed flat in Tottenham, um, we'll make you some food. That'd be lovely. Hey, and also if you're anyone off Love is Blind, you're also <laughs> welcome round. I mean, we just like an explanation. <laughs> I'd like an explanation. I don't want any of them near my stuff. They are crazy. <laughs> They won't be nearly as drunk when they're here as they are in the pods, but we'll we'll try and get close. Dreadful. Unbelievable. Maybe we'll get, like, John to sort us out with, like, a theme tune for our segments. Yeah, that'd be nice. The Weekend Diva. Yeah. Do you want us to try us a little, maybe improv a little Weekend Diva? What? (laughs) Little, little sting? <laughs> no, I no? don't want to do that. You could do Weekend Diva as Sting. What? No. <laughs> I don't want to be... Weekend Diva! Weekend Diva! That didn't sound nearly racially inappropriate enough. Uh, to be Sting, that is. Yeah. Not for yeah, your, not for your general, well-being. For my preference. <laughs> uh, so, Taylor Swift uh, released Miss Americana mm. into the Should world. We watched. we watched it. Um... 
full disclosure, I'm not really a fan of hers. I get why, um, is it 1989? Mm-hmm. It's very important and it's a great album. She's obviously a great, she writes great pop songs, isn't she? They just don't move me in any way. Um, when you watch it and you watch her writing a song, you realise just how on point Matt Rogers' lover album was. So Absolutely. comedian Matt Rogers in the States, uh, in response, I think, largely to Taylor Swift sort of, Oh, you know how I've not mentioned the <laughs> anyone who isn't straight or white. Hi, gays. Um, and so when she before she dropped Lover, Matt Rogers did his own version of it. So just look that up because tiny little excerpts, extremely wonderful. Um, she is look, undoubtedly she's had a horrible time from the media, and what I, I felt like watching it, you get the impression that. They're just macro versions of things that happen in every young woman's life. I'm not in any way belittling um, eating disorders or bullying, but um, her, yeah, her concerns are obviously on a global stage, but they're sort of similar things. So I suppose that like her relatability is something that people respond to. Mm. Um, and I don't know, some things just feel a little bit like they've been amplified to give her a sort of like tragic narrative. And I know we're all supposed to, that's the point is to be like, she's been, have been done dirty and like 100%, especially in the week we should mention that, you know, Caroline Flack has just uh, taken her own life. So mm, incredibly sad. Yeah. Celeb- it is, they are people as well. Um, so I think that's probably all I've got to say about Miss Americana. Mm. Speaking of uh, celebrities being people, it was interesting to watch Jan- Janelle Monet make all of the uber celebrities at the oscars feel very uncomfortable yeah Making, didn't want to sing did they didn't want to sing didn't want to click no didn't want to click the fingers brad pitt wanted to sing a bit yeah That's he wasn't clicking his fingers no. you, maybe brad pitt's got an incredibly bad rhythm <laughs> <laughs> and Leonardo DiCaprio, not a singer not a singer babe. turns out not a singer not a singer uh unsurprising i suppose um but yeah the oscars 2020 ceremony um absolutely phenomenal yeah but <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to sound like I hate everyone. I don't hate. I, I just, Janelle Monae doesn't do it for me either. I love what, it. The, yeah. As an artist? I love everything oh. that she stands for. <gasps> Prince I, protégé as well. Yeah, I really Bite like your Prince. Tongue. That's why I'm like, I don't need to listen to Dirty Computer. So I've listened to Love Sexy. <laughs> I've listened. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't get it. Like, totally fair. Totally fair. Musically, absolutely fine. I'd rather listen to Dirty Mind or any of other Prince's records. I'm sorry. Sure. I, ju- I just don't think there's much new being brought to the table however what she stands for is fantastic um, absolutely uh in terms of the oscars performance like uh the opening was very uncomfortable to watch when she spent a good 15 16 minutes mm. trying to change into a cardigan why couldn't she get that cardi on couldn't get it on and then knocked half the things off the hat stand yeah and it just looked very nervous and uncomfortable I don't think maybe not an acting background because the sort of the M, the MT beginning was not the one. No, it's not her specialist it's, subject, it's is it? Not her, it's not her area, is it? Because she like breathy. Um, well, then when she got into her sort of Prince thing, much better. Yeah, so well, she's back on home turf, vibe. wasn't yeah. she? Um, yes, I was a little bit initially skeptical about having World War One soldiers dancing with the joker with the joker but then i guess maybe the point was that uh they were actors and dancers of color whereas no one in 1917 the film oh do you think that was a sort of quiet read because she made the comment about female directors didn't she she did representation so maybe that's what she was doing with that um 
Yeah, maybe. It's it's one of those really odd gigs, I think, stuff like that, and especially the opening of mm. something um, like the Oscars ceremony. I mean, it's a room full of people who aren't expecting... My, I've long thought, I think actually Alice James and John Robbins made a really good point about this in uh-huh. terms of he once tried to open for a band by doing comedy. And I just think my personal theory is that all in the creative fields, as much as like everyone loves different areas of creativity, they hate it when they're not expecting something that happens in yeah. the same place. So if you go to a concert or a gig and then someone starts doing stand-up comedy, it doesn't matter how good or how funny that comedy is, it's weird. Mm. No one likes it. Yeah. And then in the Oscars sense, like they're all there to watch an award ceremony. So they're all sat down. They've all got black tie on and suddenly they're at a Janelle Monet gig. Yeah. Like a full gig as well. Like she's like doing an audience, I've been a Freddie Mercury bit and it's just like, they're, they're just it's that as enthusiastic as they want to be about it it's never gonna really work so it felt quite nerve-wracking watching mm. it because she's never going to get the kind of back and forth in the rapport with the audience that she would get at an actual gig yeah whereas billy porter looked much more comfortable yes billy porter was having the time of his life but billy porter <laughs> is a sort of yeah as a stalwart of of I mean, for the looks as well as the appearances but of award ceremonies and things like that yeah. so knows how to play that gig yeah Janelle Monet is a is a, a musician and a I guess performer. he well obviously he's he got more mainstream musical theatre experience yeah. as well yeah p- uh, experience performing to people sat down in the choir yeah <laughs> yes that's that's and the sort of lights the house lights came up and the jokers and the world war one vets were just all dancing around in the aisles and everyone just looked like a little bit then Janelle Monet was lying down for a bit and everyone was just like mm, good Good yeah, for you. Good for you. Um, Didn't really know how to respond. Unlike when the gay men's chorus did their epic. In we go. <laughs> oh my God. Probably the best. This is, in terms of the Week in Diva, this is probably the best thing that's happened. They're all my Divas of the Week. Yeah. At the Spirit Awards, the gay men's chorus of LA uh, celebrated everything. Every, everything every that element. was gay about this year in cinema. <laughs> oh my God. The name of the film, Diane. Was one the concept of a haunted bird, cursed bird, uh, and then they just uh, serenaded Laura Dern, which is appropriate. Uh, uh, absolutely, and we will be covering Laura Dern in the future. I'm obsessed with Laura Dern. Yeah, she's just incredible. Deserves everything she gets. She's having a lovely time as well, wasn't she? She was having a glorious time. Yeah. Most other people at that award ceremony, even bizarrely, also seemed slightly confused by the whole thing. Yeah. But I don't know why, because it was. <laughs> amazing yeah and laura dunn knew exactly why it was brilliant yeah and was very much into it yeah <laughs> absolutely she's a she's a star um okay so other news in diva uh Madge. Ma- yeah <laughs> Madge versus the curtain Madge versus the curtain uh the palladium tried to call time on her what is it with the london borough and calling time on iconic gigs oh, have we not learned from Bruce Springsteen in Hyde Park? With Paul McCartney. With Paul McCartney. <laughs> no. Now I think we'll turn the sound off. Pull the plug. It's, it's 11.01. We're not, <laughs> not having that. Surely the residents of Westminster can't be kept up after 11. I mean, it's taking NIMBYs into the next level, isn't it? Not in my Hyde Park. <laughs> like, for God's sake. So Madge was like, right, I'm coming out behind this curtain with her dancers. Um, we haven't seen this tour because we couldn't afford it. We, ha- we have to live. We have to live. <laughs> we can't get another mortgage. Yes, we, we literally have to live. Um, and she's also cancelled lots of gigs because she is not in good condition at the, where she's had a, an injury. Um, so, yeah, really just showing you showing you who she be. Like, getting out behind that curtain, bringing her dancers with her. They probably didn't want to do it, but it did. Oh, <laughs> she did, one of them and that's probably what got mattered. smacked full across the face. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else not want to come out? Absolutely, yeah. 
I believe she sang Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, because Lloyd Webber was in the, in the house. N- not from behind the curtain. It might have been during the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one she sang from behind the curtain, when she came out from behind the curtain, yeah. was I Rise, wasn't it? Um, which is a pretty, it's, yeah, it's a good song. I like I Rise. It's one of, yes. one of the better songs on Madame X. Yeah. <laughs> With hindsight, I actually quite like the um, the lead single. Medellin. Which one was the lead single? Medellin. Medellin? Oh, oh yeah. It right. And I... It was a shock to begin with. Yeah. And then very shortly afterwards, we had to experience the Eurovision performance. And yeah. And it just really threw us for a bit of a wobbly, didn't it? Yeah, I think just because it all sounds a little bit like the cha-cha slide. Like, <laughs> like learning to count with Madonna. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> I love her so much. You know I love her. I know. And, and she really did. It was full peak, back on form, Madonna. Yeah. In this curtain appearance. She was... And the people that you can see the people in the room are just living and dying yeah. and then living anew. It's, it's bathing in her glory. She's got she had more gigs to do. <laughs> like that turning up to work the next morning would have been uncomfortable for anyone else but Madonna. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um Madonna, we need to talk about last night. Do we? <laughs> I was brilliant, wasn't I? So Divas of the Week, who are your noms? Who are you going for? Uh, so my Diva of the Week that I'm going to nom is uh, Billie Eilish. Oh, great. Yeah, I think she's had a real week, slash fortnight. Obviously, this is every two weeks. So I uh, was very entertained by the notion that um, I think the Enemy Awards felt like they'd got a bit of a get. I think it was the Enemy Awards mm. uh, by getting Billie Eilish to perform, only to find out that she did every other awards ceremony from the beginning of the year up until that point. Yeah. Like the Grammys, Oscars, I think she was at the BAFTAs maybe. She's doing a whip at vault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she gets she gets around. I don't like the green hair. You're not, not a big fan? No, I think she, I love Billie Eilish. I love her styling, but I just, I don't like the green. Sure. It's not for me. Was it, what was it last time? Blue? It's been in lots of colours I think, isn't it? But I just, I just think that green's a little bit acid for me. Yeah, makes me feel a bit... Queasy, um, but otherwise, uh, her performance of yesterday, which she did at the Oscars, which I think is really nice. Yeah. It's maybe she it's slightly too low. She ends up going feeling a little uncomfortable, and she did say she she bombed it. She did was she? really depressed afterwards. She was like, "I absolutely bombed that gig. I feel really, really bad." Oh, I didn't, which is insane. That it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, and then obviously she has also debuted a Bond song. Yes, which leads us to what we're going to be doing next week's episode after the main episode and the next week's episode we've got the amazing camilla whitehill who is a different uh coming on to talk about tina fey it's gonna be absolutely amazing absolutely and the week after that we're doing a little diva energy special on bond films bond songs bond songs crucially bond Bond songs uh yeah bond songs so that'll be fun um yeah so billy i think um billy is my it's my diva of the week, I think. She's just yeah, she's just having a really good week, I think, or a really good fortnight. Yeah. And um, just knocking it out of the park with some live performances, debuting a great new song. It's no, it's no Skyfall for me, but it's... Skyfall. Hey. I mean, my date with Billy, right, is everyone has a go at her because she's not um, underprivileged and because her brother has sort of, like, helped to Svengali this a little bit. Well, they write bit. songs together, don't yeah, they? They right. always have since they were teenagers. I don't see what's wrong with my that. My she's talented, so And so bothered. is he a bit, and, but she's taking the spotlight. Yeah. That's a great thing. Yeah. So, and so uh, so who's your 
Diva of the Week. Who's my, your nom? My divas are the uh, Game and Cry Chorus of LA, but sure. another potential was Natalie Portman. A, for wearing mention. a cape uh, at the Oscars, and then B, for having that cape embroidered with the names of female directors who were overlooked for nominations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Iconic, slightly undermined by the fact that her production company has hired but one woman to direct a film, and that woman was Natalie Portman. <laughs> but I think inconsistency is something I look for in a diva. <laughs> inconsistency, hypocrisy, oh, and shameless egotism. All the greats have had them. It's- so she pulled it back for me there, to be honest. Um, yeah, but she does. She looks fabulous, and it is very cool. Yeah, yeah, that really does. Slightly undermines it, doesn't it? Who's it that had a go at her about it? Rose, Rose McGowan. McGowan. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't very happy about it, was she? Mm. Although she didn't actually point out about the... She didn't really point out about the whole not having hired any female directors thing, did she? She was more like... I think someone else did. I think, I think Rose McGowan... Rose McGowan's was, problem was just, you don't do anything about it. So don't. I live it. Yeah. So don't come to your Oscar ceremony with your empty words. It's like, wow, someone had to say it. What was the film where um, Natalie Portman shaved her head? Was it V for Vendetta? Yes. Maybe that's what it is. Who had the better shaped head? <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. It's possible, plausible. Just putting it out there. Yeah, fair enough. So um, so that's so Natalie Portman is going to be your diva of the week. For, yeah, for, uh, for doing yeah. a really cool feminist thing, but also massively, not, big, not, massively not being hypocritical. Helpful. Yeah. Uh, Lovely, excellent diva work. So I think just to close out the episode and all remains to be said is Laura Dern Laura, Laura Dern. Dern Laura Dern Laura Dern Laura Dern uh, And with that we shall catch you next week when we will have Camilla Whitehill flying in to talk about Tina Fey yeah. uh, Love to you all Farewell Oh we're going to see Camilla later We're going to see the, go to the cinema with her and James See Parasite Yeah Let you know our thoughts Okay Love you Bye, Bye.